So we had a week off for Matan Torah. So um, twenty-five years ago, I learned in Montreal, and at that time, there was a rabbi there that had the chief rabbi of the city. His name was Rabbi Hirschprung, and he had a photographic memory, and he would. Um, He'd come to the yeshiva over there once a week and he'd give a share. And he literally knew the entire Shas by heart. Gemara, Rashi, Tesis, Shulchan Aruch, and the Mepharshim. He was, um, he knew everything. Yeah. <clears throat> literally anything that, uh, any Gemara. So he'd give a share once a week. And he would get up and he'd stand by the bima to give the share and he would... Um, he would start speaking and they would say, ah, and the Gemara says, go bring, bring that Gemara. So they bring the Gemara, and by the, time, by the time that they brought the Gemara, he had already rattled off the whole Gemara. So that was on the table, and then the, two minutes later, and another Gemara, bring that Gemara. And by the time he finished the shir, the demon was piled this high with Gemara, so he didn't look into any of them. <laughs> but, uh, <coughs> so once he came, and he was, he was, it was in the winter, so he was in Florida for a few weeks, and he, he missed a few weeks, and he came back. So I went over to him before the shear, and I asked him, what's the shear going to be on today? Because usually we'd start him off, at least with, you know, with uh, the safer. <clears throat> so he says, I don't know yet, I didn't think about it yet. So I, I thought to myself, this is going to be interesting. So I sit down, and he stands up, and he says, um, so <clears throat> I've been away for a while. So what's a while? So it's a machlekes in the Gemara, what a while means. <laughs> bring, me, bring me that Gemara. And that's it, and that was... Uh, <coughs> and that was the, that was, that, that was the shear. Okay, so we, we missed a week last week, but we have Baruch Hashem, we're back. Again, I'm, we're holding on page Lamed Zayin. Now it's a little, a, little, a little background, a little context. We are holding in the middle of um, <coughs> the difficult process of what the Alter Rebbe calls mevatshenle. That sometimes when a person experiences a state of spiritual numbness, where the heart just uh, isn't cooperating, and although a person contemplates Hashem's greatness and tries to um, change his or her thought patterns and the ways of thinking, it's not impacting the heart. And the person is lacking enthusiasm, passion, excitement, warmth, love. So the Rebbe says, we started the Pedrick by saying, he brought down from the Zoyer, if there's a piece of wood and the fire is not catching on, so you have to shred it, you have to crush it. And the same thing as Gufa, a body in which the light of the neshama, the fire of the neshama, is not catching on, so the body has to be crushed. The ego has to be crushed. The reason why that the light of the neshama is not catching on, the excitement, and the fire, and the passion of the neshama is not uh, resonating within the person, is because the ego is too strong, the person is too smug, too self-satisfied, and too egotistical, and therefore the person has to be broken. 
And that's what we engaged in the, in the last uh, two classes, I believe it was, different meditations that a person should think to think about how unspiritual and how lowly and how distant from Hashem um, he or she is, and that causes that the, the ego to be broken, and that will allow the light of Hashem to enter. And with that, that's with that hagdama, uh, with that preface, let's look inside. The more a person spends time in a person's mind, in a person's thoughts, in these ideas, and ideas we mentioned earlier, in other words, contemplating his own lowliness, and moreover, a person doesn't only suffice with contemplation, but also um, looks into the different svarim, and uh, different Musras Farim, which talk about the lowliness of the person. And that will cause Lies Liba in Nishbar Bekirbai, that cause the heart to be broken within himself. Vinivza Bein of Nimas, and who will be completely uh, disgusted with himself, Kakasuf. As the Pasuk says, Bitachlis Amios, and not only is a person disgusted with himself, but ultimately, ultimately repulsed by himself. The point that he's a person who's just absolutely disgusted with his own life. So, this is good. It sounds like bad, but this is good, says Al-Tareh. What you're doing is, is you are, you are denigrating and belittling the Sitra within you, the Klippa within you. Denigrating it all the way down to the earth. And you bring it down from its uh, its place of highness and its uh, arrogance, and its highness That is what is uh, lifting itself up and covering over the light of the neshama, and dimming its light. So it's fine. The more you humble yourself, the more you're allowing your neshama to emerge. Vigam. And now the Alter Rebbe says, we are going to change tactics, and we're going to move now. There is another way, if your neshama, sorry, if, your, if the light of your neshama, the fire of your neshama, is not um, catching on because of your nefesh Bahamas, which is blocking it, there's another method also how to deal with this. Until now, the method, number one, we were dealing with was, was sitting down and thinking um, very rationally and taking time to contemplate how lowly you are, and that again, that humbles you and that humbles the klipa within you and allows the neshama to shine. But there's another way. And Bikitsar, that other way is not a rational way. The other way is by screaming at your Yitzhahara, screaming at your Nefesh Bahamas. We don't mean, I mean, you definitely don't want to be confined to, a, to an asylum and <laughs> you don't want people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, watching you screaming at yourself it doesn't mean literally screaming, um, you know, <clears throat> verbally in your mind. It's all, it's all what's going on in your head. The difference between what we did, the, the tactic we were taking until now, until now, we're, the person was calm and relaxed and thinking about something, thinking about how lowly he is in a very uh, cerebral but relaxed way. And now we're talking about um, shock treatment. Not, you're not trying to convince yourself. You're literally, you're literally trying to scream yourself into submission. Let's, let's look a little inside and see what Alter Rebbe says. 
the gam and also yari maleha. You should thunder against it, against your nefesh abamis. With anger, with noise. Again, we don't mean we don't mean literal, but we mean figuratively. Lashpila to denigrate it. Kemaimer razal, as the Gemara tells us, Masechtas Brachas. Laoylam yargis adam yitzer toyvali yitzhara. A person should always get his yitzer toyv angry at his yitzhara. Shenemar, as the verse says, in Tehillim rigzu v'gemer. The pasuk says rigzu v'al tachatau. So what is the simple meaning of the pasuk? Rigzu means tremble. Rigzu tremble, tremble before Hashem for tremble for fear of Hashem. Al and that will prevent you from doing from from sinning. But the Alter Rabbi here is using the word. Um, but the Gemara actually says the word. But the word rigzu. What does rigzu mean? Rigzu means anger. So the pasuk right. So the pasuk could also mean rigzu. Yet your yetsar angry at your yetsarhara. How you do that? We're dealing here, we'll, we'll get there in a second. Yeah. But this is uh, anger and screaming. We're not talking here about logic. We're talking here about literally screaming at the Yitzhar. Anger management. Sorry? Anger management. Yeah, but this is an anger that shouldn't be managed. This is good anger. Lay <laughs> <laughs> you should scream at the Yitzhar and tell it, Atara, you are evil. Verashan, you are Rasha, Meshukets. And you are disgusting in the suav and despicable in the nuvel and a low life. Vukhulu, etc. Kechola like all the names that our, our sages called the Yitzhahara, Be'emes, you're truly all that. How long? How long are you going to hide? Are you going to conceal? The infinite light of Hashem, which fills all the worlds, and we'll continue with the with the diatribe in a moment. But just uh, interesting to point out. So it says over here that he called the Rasha Atar Ra. He says here five names: Ra, Rasha, Meshukas, Mesuv, Manuvel, etc. Kechol Hashem, Meshakar lechachamein ozal. So it says like all the names that Chazal called us. Does that mean that? That Chazal called the Yitzhara Ra, Rasha, Meshukas, Mesuv, Manuvel. So there's actually, there's a, the Rebbe, he had, they wrote notes on the Tanya, we're talking about back in the, in the 1940s. They, they found the notebooks from the Rebbe, after Gimel Tamas, they found notebooks, and one of the notebooks of the Rebbe was notes on Tanya, written in the back again, before the Rebbe became Rebbe. So the Rebbe writes over there that it doesn't mean that, because the Rebbe says that, the words Ra, Rasha, and Manuvel, you find in the, in the words of Chazal that the Yitzhahara is called Ra and a Rasha and a Manuvel. The Rebbe, that's Gemar Sukkah, the Rebbe points to a few places. But the Rebbe says, we don't find any word that the Yitzhahara is called Meshukat Sumasuv. So therefore, when it says, Gechol Hashem, it's referring to the Vechulu, etc. In other words, etc. You can add in also other names that our Chazal called them. For example, uh, the Rebbe said, there's a, sometimes it's called Tameh or called the Oriel. There are other names that you can also call Yitzhahara. <coughs> That's the Rebbe writes. I always found that fascinating because to say that something, to find where that something says, you know, is a challenge. But to say something that doesn't say it anywhere. And before the age of the computers, you have to know every. In other words, to say it doesn't say it anywhere, that means you have to have gone through everything and pretty much remembered everything that you learned. And to be able to say... Uh, um, unequivocally, it doesn't say it anywhere in the words of Chazal, not in the Gemara, not in the Medrash, or in the Zohar, anywhere that the Yitzhahara is called um, these two names. 
In other words, it takes more knowledge to say something doesn't say somewhere than to say something does say somewhere, obviously. So that, uh, At least a one side thing note. it said, Hara. Yes, Hara. Yeah, Ra, Ra Rasha, and Manuval, it says, it's called. Yitzhara uh, is called in different places in Chazal. But Meshukets and Mesuev is not, there's nowhere. A person who doesn't have is called a Meshukets and Mesuev. But the Yitzhara itself should be turned Meshukets and Mesuev that we don't find. According to the Rebbe, perhaps the Chuma should have been after the two of them, Manuval first. First Manuval, and then, then the ones that he added, Meshukets and Mesuev. So you said it should be Ra Rasha Menuvel of the Chulu. No, Ra Ra Rasha Menuvel Meshukas Menuvel of the Chulu. But the way the Rebbe was learning, this is part of the uh, names that you can add. But Menuvel is something that does appear in Chazal. Right. No, the Chulu. The Chulu refers to the fact that there are also there are other names in Chazal. So the Chulu Kachal Hashem. The Chulu. The Chulu Kachal Hashem is called Chachmin El. And Meshukas Menuvel, right? Sorry. It's a continuation of the Meshukets and Metuah. No. No? No. In other words, the Kechol Hashem is connected to the Vechul. And other names, as you will find in the words of Chazal. Other names, in, in addition to the names. But not, but these all. Yeah, but, but not all that we just gave. They're not all in the words of Chazal. It's, a, it's an addition to the Meshukets and Metuah. It's what I'm saying. Because those are not mentioned by the Chazal. Okay. I hear your question. Yeah, yeah, it's a technical question. It's a good question, and I, I don't know the answer. So we're screaming at the Yitzhahara. We're saying, you lowlife, you sick being. How long are you going to hide the truth? How long are you going to conceal the truth? Because the truth is that Hashem fills, the light of Hashem fills all the worlds. And hoya hoya ve'yeh Hashem was, is, and will be all equally. And therefore, just like before the worlds were created, was created, Hashem was everywhere, Hashem now also is everywhere. Because Hashem is timeless. You can't say anything changed by Him. Over here, in this place where I am, right now, the place that I occupy is filled with the light of Hashem. Just as the infinite light of Hashem was shining here before the world was created, the same thing is now and nothing changed. The infinite light of Hashem, the alien self, is everywhere. As the Pasuk says, Hashem says, I, Hashem, I have never changed. Because Hashem transcends time. The and you you are denying the truth. which ought to be visible to the eye. The that the truth is that everything relative to him is nothing. I should be seeing this with my eyes. Why is it that I don't see? The Iran Sof, that's because of my Nefesh Bahamas. It's because of Klippa. What does the word Klippa mean? Klippa means it's a covering, it's a shell. So, you Mechutzef, you have such Chutzpah. Hashem is right here, and what are you? You're a lie. You're hiding the truth from me. How long are you going to hide the truth? How long are you going to conceal the truth? Get angry at Yitzhahara, how dare you? Hashem is right here, and you're, you're concealing him. Yes. Um, 
it's a little problematic because because what's going to be? It's not like God created you as a consumer of kedusha. Period. The Tanya says it's one of the presumptions here in Sefer Shabbenonim that we're not going to become tzaddikim. You're always going to have this nevuah bahamis. That's the way you're created. You're created in a way that you cover up God's light. That's just the way it is. And so you're going to get angry at the Yitzhahara, fine, but like in the end, what's going to happen? You're not going to, you're not going to become this shining bastion of godly light. You're a human being with the Nefesh Bahamas and a gulf. So I don't, you hear? I hear. Yeah. And Dr. Rebbe will disagree with you. Let's keep on going. Oh, okay. Yeah, but the question is, Hashem made him do all this Yitzhahara. So why do we have to be angry at him? That he's doing Hashem's job. Hashem sent him, go. And get everybody uh, to uh, to do a verse. So why we said you're a manure? He can say Hashem send me. That's a rational um, way of looking at things, but we're not looking at it rationally. When you see the traffic person giving your car a ticket, do you also say the same thing? You're just being sent by the city, or do you get angry at the traffic agent? <laughs> Rationally, you might be correct, but, but but when a person is in a state, if you're upset, why are you blocking the truth? But the bigger question we have to get into is, what are we doing over here? What's going on over here? What's uh, what are we trying to accomplish? So let's talk a little outside, and then we'll do uh, we'll do it inside. <clears throat> We've mentioned this in the past. Klipa doesn't lie to us. Klipa is a lie. So what? Is a lie. It's not that there is a there's a mitzias. There's an entity called klipa, and this entity lies. In other words, you you can't separate between klipa and the lie because the definition of klipa is lie. is sheker. The truth is that Hashem is everywhere and Hashem is everything. And what is Klippa? Klippa is that force which obscures and hides that truth. When you have two entities and they clash with each other, so that's going to cause a fight. Which one is going to win? Well, whichever one is more powerful. But regardless of, of the one that's more powerful, there will be a fight, there will be a struggle. However, when you turn a light on in a room, there is no struggle. The darkness disappears. Because darkness isn't a mitzvah. Darkness is not anything. What is darkness? Absence of the absence of light. So the moment that light is introduced, automatically the darkness disappears. But even the word disappears assumes that it beforehand it appeared. In other words, that it has a mitzvah. It's gone, right? How do you get rid of a lie? With the truth. With the truth. And in the face of tr- in the face of the truth, the lie automatically disappears. Okay, so let's say uh, I were to tell you that I have six fingers, okay? And so how do I get rid of that lie? Show your hand. Just show my hand, right? Okay. Lie is gone. Didn't have to fight the lie. Didn't have to sit and argue with you, right? And all I have to do is display the truth and the lie is gone. Because the lie is the absence of truth. 
the moment that the truth is like the light introduced and which banishes the darkness, when you introduce light, the darkness disappears. When you introduce the emas, the sheker disappears. So the problem with that is, is that every single one of us has a nefesh alakis and a nefesh bahamas. The nefesh alakis is light. The nefesh bahamas is darkness. The nefesh alakis is emas, and the nefesh bahamas is sheker. It's a lie. The nefesh alakis is the revelation of Hashem, and the nefesh bahamas comes along and says there is no revelation of Hashem. So. Really, there should be no contest. The moment that the Nefesh Alikis appears, the Nefesh Bahamas should automatically disappear. disappear. How does the lie manage to fight the truth? There is no logic behind that. And when? And when? Yeah? Yes. If you don't let the Nefesh Alikis into the picture, then... The Nefesh Bahamas sticks around. And it's but it is in the picture. You're, you, 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 you are a composite of both. It's not an entity, sir. Nefesh Elokis is never fully dormant. Not Nayid. And only Yid has an Nefesh So it's a matter of degree. I mean, it may be that it's So not that's one possible theory. The Alter Rebbe is going to propose another theory. The Alter Rebbe is going to say it's Taka, not logical. Taka doesn't make sense. What doesn't make sense? That Klippa that should be able to maintain its existence in the face of Kedusha. And when? <laughs> You're taking it further, but even the fact that it, even the, even the fact that it should struggle with Kedusha makes no sense. Uh, yes, and certainly how much more so that it should win, but the very fact that Kedusha can be in the picture and it's still there makes no sense. That's like the light is shining and, and the darkness just doesn't want to go out. So, but Hashem, this is part of the plan. Part of the plan was that light should have to struggle with darkness, and the Nefshah Bahamis should have to struggle with the Nefshah Likis, because if the Nefshah Bahamis would uh, evaporate in the face of the Nefshah Likis, then there wouldn't be any Bechir and there wouldn't be any free choice, and there wouldn't be any struggle, and life would be very boring, and Hashem would be very bored. Because that's, that's not what He wanted when He created the world. He wanted Avoida, he wanted us to struggle, he wanted us to work, he wanted us to earn. He wanted our work to have value. And the only way it's value is if it comes through, through toil. So Hashem gave Klippa an unnatural, completely unnatural um, Standing, standing power that it should be able to remain in existence and stand up to, stand up against Kedusha. Why? So that we, through our own avoida, should be able to consciously and actively bring down the Nefesh Bahamas from its perch and from its place. The moment we knock down the Nefesh Bahamas, what happens? The Nefesh Elokis Kedusha actually automatically becomes revealed. In other words, he wants us to exert ourselves. You're saying the Nefesh Elokis is dormant. It's not enough that, the nefesh, that we should have a Nefesh Elokis, we have to exert the Nefesh Elokis. And once we exert the Nefesh Elokis, once we what's the word, assert our Nefesh Elokis over the Nefesh Bahamas, then Taka, the Nefesh Bahamas, We'll talk uh, 
klipataka, then then the lie can't. Sorry for the pun. Hold a candle to to the truth. <clears throat> when we stand up and we and we uh, scream at the Nefesh Hamas with this tirade, which Dr. Rebbe said before, with this anger, what we're doing is we're knocking by that. We're knocking the Nefesh Hamas off its perch and allowing the Nefesh Alikis to reveal itself. We need to humble the Nefesh Hamas. We need to break it. And when you break it, the Nefesh Alikis suddenly emerges and the Nefesh Hamas then suddenly it will evaporate like darkness before light. Top, top words of page 74. Through doing so, not only will you get rid of the Nefesh Bahamas, but this helps the Nefesh Alekis to illuminate its eyes in truth, with the truth of Yichud Eir Ein Soif the oneness of of the earnings of of uh, the infinite light of Hashem it'll be as if you see Hashem and not only seeing and understanding this is where the nefesh alikis your neshama your neshama sees Hashem when we say when we're saying seeing what does seeing mean We've spoken about this in the past, the difference between seeing and, and hearing. When you see something, the truth of that which you've seen is, um, is absolute. You can't be convinced out of it, of something that you've seen. If someone tells you about something, or if you, came, you arrived at a certain understanding based on uh, your own calculations, or on your, mind, your own mind, it's not the MS, the absoluteness is not the same as when you've seen something. Your neshama, to your neshama, Hashem, it sees Hashem. In other words, Hashem is absolutely true to your neshama. It's if it can be seen physically. The problem is that you have your nefesh Bahamas, Your nefesh Bahamas is blocking that, and therefore, as long as your nefesh Bahamas is at, is uh, you know, at full force, and before you knock it down, so you're limited that your relationship with Hashem. Is one of Shmi'an Havan, something which you, you hear, something which you understand. But if we can get angry at the Nefesh Bahamas and knock it off its perch and allow the Nefesh Bahamas to shine, what we will arrive at is Ri'iyah, being able to conceptually see Hashem. Commission is Barba Makam has explained elsewhere, Shezeu Shayrish Kolha Aveda, that this is the main. Uh, the shaders, the, the, the root of all our avodah is to arrive at this recognition of Hashem's unity. Ultimately, that's the purpose of everything, is that a person should be able to fully internalize, be able to conceptually see Hashem and His unity. Vatam, and how, what is the reason for this? How does this work? In other words, how does it work that by you screaming at the Nefesh Muhammad suddenly everything becomes so amazing? because in truth, Sitra Akhra has no substance. That's why it's called darkness. Which has no substance at all. That's why darkness is just pushed away automatically before the light. 
וכך, the same thing, הסיטר אחרא, אף שיש בחייס הרבה, the סיטר אחרא, even though it has a tremendous amount of vitality. להכי יש כל בעלי חיים מטמאים. To realize, Klippa gives life to all, all the trefa animals. And v'nafshis u'mesorilam. And it gives chayis to all the goyim. And v'gam nefshabahamish of Yisrael. And it also gives life to nefshabahamish of Yisrael. Imagine how much, how much energy there is in Klippa that it should be able to give life to this whole system of, uh, of, of animals and human beings. Kinnisgar Liyos mentioned earlier, Mekal Makim still, despite the fact that Klippa has so much energy, it itself really has nothing, like darkness. All it is is it's channeling light from Kedusha, energy from Kedusha. It channels energy from Kedusha and hides its source. That's all it does. It has no energy of its own. And therefore, naturally, naturally, it's completely nullified before Kedusha. Like, like darkness is pushed away in his bottle before light. With regard to the Kedusha of the Nefshalakis in a person, Hashem gave it special Rishus special permission and ability to lift itself up against the Neshama, even though it's not rational and makes no sense. And the purpose is today, Sha'adam Yisoyder, the person should awaken, Lisgaber Aleha, to overpower the Nefshah Bahamas, and Lahashpila, and to denigrate it, Aide Shiflus Vinimichas Ruchai, by denigrating his own ego, Vinivza Bein of Nimas, and considering himself lowly. When a person awakens himself below, and does, and, and below denigrates the Sitar Akhra within himself, that causes an awakening above, Lakaim Mashakasuv, and that that causes that Hashem should do Mashakasuv Misham Iritchanum Hashem that Hashem brings down the klipa from its place, from its perch, the Hainu, Shimesirmashalta God takes away its ability, Vihalta, and its control and ability. Hashem just takes away its power, like Bia Atma Negad Ay Kudushnav Shalakis. It's power to stand up against Nefshalakis, Vazai, and then Mimela. Automatically, Betela Venitchis. The Klippa automatically is bottled and pushed away. As darkness is pushed away before physical light. And now the Alter Rebbe is going to bring a fascinating example of this. And the Alter Rebbe said, we, we, we once saw a national example of this phenomenon, of the idea of. Klippa, which rises up against the Kedusha, and how it could be pushed down. And the example is from next week's Parsha. Parsha the Meraglam. So we all know the story that the Meraglam, they go to the spies, the, ten, the 12 spies, they go to Israel, 10 of them come back, and they give a bad report, right? And not only do they give a bad report, they say, that we can't go into land, because they are stronger than us. So the Gemara says in Misech the Saita, that Al Tikri Mimenu Ela Mimenu. The pronunciation is the same. That what they were saying, not they were not saying that the thirty-one um, nations were stronger than us. They were saying they're stronger than Hashem. That's what they said. There was Chazuk Mimenu 
The 31 kings are stronger than Hashem. That's why we can't go in. Which, by the way, makes sense. Why? Because if there were only... If, if, in other words, it makes sense that that's the interpretation of what they were saying. Because if they were saying that they're stronger than us, so the Yidin would have said, okay, but Hashem will help us. So the only way they could have deterred all of Klal Yisrael is, um, is by saying that not only, is, is, not only are they stronger than us, but they're more powerful even than Hashem. How is that believable? How would, they, how would everybody who would believe something like that? But how is that believable? How would they believe something like that? Yeah, I can't believe it. It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> you would believe that? I can't believe it. Who would believe After Kriya Shamsub and everything. Yeah. We, we would never believe it. Our grandparents did, by the way. What? Our grandparents did believe that. I wonder. At least how. years. I'm a queen. But at least years. How did they believe it? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> it's not believable. It's not, it's not believable. No. Makes no sense. It really makes no sense, right? These are the Yidin who... Uh, what is this? This is a, a year after Yitzhiyah Mishraim. One year, right? Hashem, uh, he just... Uh, ten Makis. Kriyas Yamsuf. Matan Torah. So one second. No, but I, I, I want to focus for a second on the, you know, the way that Hashem demolished uh, Mitzrayim, right? So... Well, one king, Hashem can make the Yamsuf just split and should cover them. But 31 kings, now that's, that's trickier. Or is turning all their water to blood or throwing on them or killing their newborn? Is it harder because, I mean, the firstborn? Because it makes no sense. So then what happened? And then what happened? So then what happens is Moshe, Hashem tells Moshe, that's it. I'm fed up with these people. You know, how long, how, how much, how much can I put up with their Meshagasim, right? That's it, they're all dying. They're all dying in the desert. And their children, whom they said would be, uh, would be, uh, what's Lushan, Lavaz, that the, the, their children, who they said that the, they would, the Kananim, would uh, take them as their, as their, as their slaves, they'll land to the land. So Moshe goes to the Jewish people, and he starts screaming at them. How this terrible and you don't believe in you're all gonna die here. So what's the next thing that happens? They cry. He's oh no no we're so sorry. He no we're going we're going we're going. And the next morning they wake up and they have they're running to Israel. What just happened over here? This is the same people that last night were saying. That Chazakumimem, stronger than Hashem, which, which made no sense at the time. Granted, but for some reason the entire nation was. Uh, why did they change their mind overnight? So much screamed at them. They should have said to Moshe, okay, we're dying here in the desert. That's what, that's what we wanted. Right? Isn't that what they wanted? They wanted to. Uh, they said, we don't want to go into land. They want to stay in the desert. So Moshe says, you'll die in the desert. They should have said, great, that's exactly what we wanted. But instead, they. they Instead, what happens is, change their mind. See, but what? But, but what made them change their mind? It's like, it's like yeah, if yeah, they were convinced yeah, yesterday, for whatever reason, whatever reason they were convinced, they weren't stupid. They weren't Neanderthals. This wasn't their day, right? For whatever reason, yesterday they were convinced that going into Israel is suicidal. They believe that even Hashem can't take them into Israel. So why did they change their mind? 
So you, the question is both ways, right? What was what were they thinking in the first place, and what changed their mind? Let's do one side. We find this concept explicitly in the Torah. Gabi Meraglam, regarding the Meraglam. Shemetchila Amul originally the Meraglam said, Kichazakumimanu, that the people, the inhabitants of the land, are stronger than us. Right? As the Gemara says, they didn't mean stronger than us, but they meant stronger than Hashem. Quite literally, they did not believe. They lost faith in Hashem's ability and capability to take him into Eretz Yisrael. And less than 24 hours later, they they made a U-turn, 180 degrees, and they said, We're going up. With complete forcefulness. It wasn't just... uh, and even even when Moshe didn't give them permission, they're going. From where? From where came the Amuna of Yichelos Hashem and the in Hashem's ability? It's not as if Moshe did any miracle in between them. If you look in the pasuk, it says over there between. Between with Moshe screamed, you know, Moshe screamed at them, and then it says that they said they're Hinano Valino, but between them it says that Vayamusu Anashim, that the spies who, who gave over the report, they died, the Magefa, in a bad, in uh, a plague before Hashem. Chazal Talos was uh, terrible, they died in a very horrible death. So you can, might think that that was what uh, caused them to change their mind, but it's not the way. In fact, if you look in, um, in Shulchan Aruch, it's brought down. That the Meraglim died on Zion Elo, which was, uh, you know, the whole story happened on Tisha B'av, so that was a month, almost a month later. So, in the middle, the Pasuk and Jackson tells us, by the way, they died, but that was later. Nothing happened in between when the Eden, uh, between when the Eden, there was nothing, there was no miracles or anything signed from heaven that caused them to change their mind. Iraq, only thing that happened, told them Hashem was angry at them. Hashem swore not to bring them into the land. Why would this help? Why would the Moshe have been telling them Hashem was angry? Why would that help him? If they did not believe in Hashem's ability, to conquer 31 kings, they didn't want to be going to land. So why? What changed their mind? So the Rebbe is going to explain. Yidin believe in Hashem. Every Yid believes in Hashem. And every Yid believes in Hashem's ability. And the Yidin believed in Hashem's ability to take them into Eretz Yisrael. And of course they knew that Hashem can overcome the 31 kings. So what's this Mishigas that said, that they said, Ki imenu, that Hashem is stronger? It was the Klippa. It's the Klippa. It wasn't, wasn't their Neshama. It was the klipa which, as we learned until now, just as we we're saying, that Hashem gives the klipa the power, gives the lie the power the to obscure the truth and the light. 
So you're saying, it makes no sense. How does the lie exist when the truth is right there, which is what you were asking, right? And the answer is that take makes no sense. Take makes no sense. But that's the koyach that Hashem gives klipa, that it could stand up to the truth and it's totally illogical. So how do we get rid of the klipa? Yell at them. Yell at them. Exactly. Threatened them. Moshe, he didn't threaten them. He yelled at them and he put them down. He broke, and that broke the klipa. And when the klipa was broken, what happened? The Eden were like, what in the world were we saying yesterday? What do we, we mean that Hashem can't bring us into the land? He not a volume, we're going up. Moshe didn't have to show any miracles. Because it's not as if the Yidin didn't believe. Of course they believe. They're Yidin. Every Yid believes. Every Yid has a neshama. There's a klipa, and the klipa has to be broken. And how do you break the klipa? Not by reasoning with it. If Moshe Ben would have stood up and said to them, What do you mean? Shem can't take you in. Like Kalev did, right? What? Moshe did this, Moshe did that. And Hashem brought us down the mom, all these things. And what happened? They wanted to stone, they wanted to stone him, right? Because you can't, you don't. You don't argue with people. You don't argue with the lie. You knock the lie down. You don't legitimize it. And when you knock it down, that's when you allow the neshama to be revealed inside. Elavadai, but certainly mibneishi Yisrael atzman. Hey, maminim bnei maminim. All yidden are believers, the sons of believers. Rak sheseter achram ulubashos begufam. It's only that the klipa. Which is in their body, Higbiya Atzma lifted itself up, Balair Kudushas Nafshamalakis, and the light and the holiness of the Nafshalakis, Bigasus Rucha, with its arrogance, Vigavhusa, and its 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 gavus, its exaltedness, Bhutzpa, Belit Tamvada, that's what it's chutzpa, it makes no sense. Well, and therefore, Miyach, a cut of immediately when Hashem got angry at them, the heating the killer ashvirig is and when he screamed at them through Mashrabenu. How long this evil congregation? And this, your, your, your corpses will, uh, will fall in this desert. I am the one who Hashem spoke in This is what I'm going to do to this entire evil congregation. When they heard these difficult words, their heart was broken and, and humbled within them. Kedixiv, as the pasuk says, "Vayis ablu the people uh, were, uh, were, were uh, grieved very much. Umemeilan, therefore, naflas et ha'akram em shalta ve'gavhusa. The ha'akram fell off, fell away from its position of authority and uh, and arrogance. Ve'gasul surucha and its coarseness. Ve'yisrael atzmahim aminim. So soon as the ha'akram is thrown away, yidn are believers." And now the Alter Rebbe is going to tell us something which is incredible. An application to ourselves that's incredible. <coughs> From this, every person can learn. <laughs> Everyone who in their mind sometimes falls into their mind doubts about belief in Hashem. What are these? There's nothing but empty words of the Sitar Akhra. Hamakbiya Atzma al Nafshay. 
which is lifting itself over the neshama. But Yidin are believers. This happens, happens to us, that falls into our head, thoughts of Sveikas Bamuna, doubts in Amuna and Hashem, Amuna the Torah. How do we react to these thoughts? So the first thing we have to know about these thoughts is they're illogical. They're just as illogical as uh, as the Miraglim saying that the, the 31 kings are more powerful than Hashem. When we have a Safiq of Amunah, they're absolutely illogical because it doesn't take too much thinking to understand that uh, there's a creator of the world just looking around. We've mentioned this in the past. Someone, I heard this, that someone once went to the Rebbe and told him, how do you know that there's a creator to this world? What? How do you know there's a creator? How do you know there's a Hashem created the world? The Rebbe says, well, when you walk down the street to Manhattan, you look up at a skyscraper, you ever ask yourself, how do I know that there's a builder who built this? <laughs> how do you know? Maybe it just so happened that there's, a, I don't know, the bricks fell on each other, and the electric lighting, and the, and the plumbing, and the... It, it just so happened, there were, there were no, no one planned it, no one... Uh, there was no architect, or designer, or builder, it just happened, it just happened. So to say that the world doesn't have a creator is just as illogical. And the idea of Torah, the fact that Hashem gave us the Torah is, is a verifiable... You know, three million Yidin by Bahar Sinai, and they transmitted to their children. But it's not the point, because... When you have a when you have a, a suffix bamuna, when you have a doubt, the point isn't that it's logical; it's illogical. But how do you deal with that thought? So two things. First of all, most people who have such thoughts, and by the way, everyone has such thoughts, but most people who have such thoughts, these thoughts get them down. They're depressed by these thoughts. I have such a, me, I'm a from Yid, and I learn Torah, and I daven, I do mitzvahs, and I should have a thought doubting the existence of Hashem, or doubting the truth of the Torah, something of that sort. It must mean that I'm a very unspiritual person. It must mean that I'm still, a, you know, I have a, a ways to go in my spiritual journey, because if I was truly uh, where I would be, I would never have such a thought. That's number one. And number two, so first of all, the thought causes depression, causes, I don't know, not depression, but it causes us, uh, it puts us into turmoil, it's a crisis, spiritual crisis, number one. I'm in a spiritual crisis, I have doubts. Number two, how do we deal with it practically? So immediately you run to the library, the Jewish library, and you pull out some books, right, there's some good books, uh, Permission to believe, right? There are certain good books out there which go, and you read the books, and both of these are mistakes. Not your self perception, not your way of dealing with it. Your self perception, there's nothing wrong with you for having a doubt. That's called the Nefeshah Bahamas. Why is the Nefeshah Bahamas throwing doubts in your mind? Because that's its job. It's perfectly normal and natural to have Sveikis Bamuna. But that's not you. You believe. 
And the fact that the Nefesh Bahamas is throwing these silly thoughts into your mind, and I say silly because they're not logical. Why is it throwing those silly thoughts in your mind? Because that's its job. But it's not you, you believe. So how do you deal with it? Don't try to reason. Don't go, go, don't go start reading books. And don't start reading. Scream at it. Scream at the thought. You meshugana. Why are you throwing these idiotic thoughts in my head? Of course I believe in Hashem. Don't engage it. Break your nefesh Muhammad by screaming at it. Don't accept it. But at the same time, you have to realize it's not, that's not a bad reflection on yourself. You believe. The fact that you have that thought is totally normal because you have Shemhamas. That doesn't change your status as a youth who believes 100%. Yes? How do we reconcile that idea with the Gemara that um, um, even at the time of the Gemara, there weren't people who could probably give Musser, and certainly there weren't people who could receive Musser. And if you're giving Musser to the Nebuch Bahamas, then the Gemara said, as a presumption, you can't really receive Musser, then we're, how do you reconcile that? I think that's not talking within oneself. I think that's talking person to person. So it's different when it's to yourself? Yeah, because, yeah, to your Nebuch Bahamas, you can give Musser. Even now? Even now. You're not really giving Musser, you're giving it something... It's not about... It's not about you, you're not... You're not the point isn't to engage that, oh, yeah. you're saying there is an Hashem, but uh, I have this proof and that proof and the other proof. The Alter is going to bring the muscle again, we have this a few times, the muscle of the Zayna. You know the muscle of the... <clears throat> of the prostitute, the king that hires, right? We discussed a few times. The king who had a, from the Zayar, king had a, wanted to test his son, so he hires a prostitute to go and to seduce his son. I want you to imagine. Imagine the prince turns around and sees this lady. Goes over and says, Lady, do me a favor. What do you want from me? Leave me alone. Leave me alone. I'm not interested in you. What effect would that have? Nothing. Zero. She's going to strike that. <clears throat> Why? Because she's paid to do a job. Paid to do a job by the king, right? Why? You going and reasoning with your thought and saying, well, what kind of silliness? Why are you doing this? I'm not interested in you. You're just being... <laughs> it doesn't make sense. You're reasoning with the prostitute. You can't. The funny thing is that the Nefesh Abhamis itself doesn't believe these thoughts it's throwing in your head. That's the most ridiculous thing. Right? The Nefesh Abhamis who's throwing these thoughts in your head, it doesn't believe these thoughts. It knows. The truth that there's nothing about Hashem, but it's hired, its job is to throw these thoughts. You're going to go argue with it? It's going to laugh at you. You're, arguing, you're telling me that it's not true? Of course I know it's not true. But that's what I'm supposed to be doing. You don't argue with it. You have to scream at it and say, Genug, Avek, I believe, my Neshama believes, and when you humble it, how dare you throw such a thought in my head, you allow the Neshama to shine. Story is told about the, um, the Tzemach Tzedek, the third, uh, the grandson of the Balatani, the third Chabad Rebbe, that there was once a Yid who walked into, came into the Tzemach Tzedek and the Yechidus in a private audience, and he told the Tzemach Tzedek that he has a problem. He was very broken. He said to the Tzemach Tzedek, I, he says to the Tzemach Tzedek, I have sfeikis bamuna. I have sfeikis bamuna. I have doubts. I get doubts once in a while. My belief in Hashem. So the Tzemach Tzedek says, okay, so what's the problem? <laughs> <laughs> so he says, 
Rebbe, maybe you didn't hear. I said that I have sfeikis bemuna. I have doubts. The Rebbe said, I heard you. But what's the problem? Like, why, why, why is that a problem that you have a sfeikis bemuna? It's normal. Second, why is it? Why, why do you. Why? So he says, What do you mean, Rebbe? Ich bin ayid. I'm ayid. So it's okay, you're fine. Why is it bothering him that he has fake Bamuna? Because he's a Yid. And he has an Asham and he does believe. And because he does believe, these thoughts that are coming to him are bothering him. Because if he didn't really believe, then why are you bothered? If a person, you know, I'm not sure whether uh, something is, something isn't, why should I bother you? If it is, it is. If it isn't, it isn't. Why are you bothered? You're bothered because you do believe. And you have an Asham because you're a Yid. So as long as you recognize that you're a yid and you believe, then what's the problem? That's what Tzema Tzedek was trying to get out from him. Why? Well, why is it a problem? Because I'm a yid, because I believe. So, okay, so then what's the problem? So then you do believe. That's why it bothers you. Great, so you have these thoughts. You have to recognize where they come from. That it's come from the Rav Bahamas. Why do you have to yell at it? Just ignore it. If you really believe. Because yelling at it knocks it down. The Nefsh, as we mentioned earlier, the Nefshah Bahamas is really substanceless. It's a lie. The Abishra only gives it the power until you exert and assert yourself. By yelling at it, you're exerting and asserting your Nefshah case on it, and that causes it to melt away. Inside. From this episode with Miraglim, Every person can learn. Call Adam Shneifnim Machshavtei Sveikas Salmona. Anyone who falls in his in his head doubts about Salmona. Kehim Divrei Ruach Hatzder Achel Levada. That's only from the Klipa Hamagbia Atzma Al Nafshe that lifts itself up over you. Al Yisrael Atzma Hin Maminim B'Chulo. You believe. Despite that, that thought doesn't change your status as a believer. Vigam and moreover, a sitra achra atzma ain't no sfekis klada munan. The sitra achra doesn't have any sfekis bamuna. Rakshanitin lorishus levavula adam, but it was given permission by Hashem to confuse the person. Vidivri shaker umirma with words, uh, with uh, false and, uh, and deceptive tactics. And the purpose is laharbo ischari. The purpose is that but when you go and when you knock down the nafshah Bahamas from its place, you get more reward. Kipitui azoinolik enticements of the prostitute Leban Hamelach to the son of the king, Beshekeru Mirma, which she also employs um, lies and deceit, Bershus Hamelach, but it's all with permission of the king. Commission is barred, Bezerah Kaddish is explained in the Zayhar. So this is, uh, you know, everyone with Tanya, every once in a while you get a game changer. And to me, this is a game changer. Because it really hits home because when people have sveikis bamuna, and yes, I have them, and you have them, we all have them. It's uh, nothing to be embarrassed about, as we see now. It's not. Uh, it's not a product, and because people, when they have sveikis bamuna without tanya, they tend to really. So I didn't learn enough. I don't. My, my relationship with Hashem isn't strong enough. I need to read more and understand better and have uh, be more have greater conviction. How can I even have such thoughts? And it's, it, 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 and that could 
Rahman Wuslan lead a person to uh, to low to low levels. <laughs> and that's worse than the Sveikis Bamuna is the you know the collateral damage that it causes. Says the al what? Why are you surprised? They have Sveikis Bamuna. That's the of course, Yabrafsha Mahamas, that's its job. Don't legitimize it, don't argue with it. At the same time, by the way. This doesn't mean, and I'm not at all negating going and reading all those books, by the way. All those aforementioned books. All the books, you know, the Chachamim, you know, whether it's Muno, Ma'adah, the Rambam, all the people wrote far improving the existence of Hashem, improving the Torah. And those are all good because our job is that we should take the Amunah, which we have in our Neshama, and also extend it to our mind. And it should make sense to us that there's Hashem and Enid Movadeh. But that's work that we should be doing on our own. Not, that's not a response to the Sveikis Ba'amunah. Our response to any time we get a doubt is to bash it. Don't legitimize that thought. On our own, it is important for ourselves that the Amunah of our Neshama should also shine in our intellect. That it should make sense to us. Not only do I believe in Hashem, but also it makes sense to me. That's a very important endeavor. It's called the Amunah. We have to take the Amunah, which is, you know, Tzad Neshama, and bring it into our, into our mind, and bring it into our heart, and that's very important. But that's not in response to the Nefshah Bahamas. And that's a void all for itself. The response to the Nefshah Bahamas is screaming at it, and not legitimizing it, and certainly not allowing ourselves to be crestfallen. Because of this, we have to understand that all it is, is this is the Hashem's agent. It itself doesn't believe the Mishagasin that it's telling me. And that's its job, and my job is to knock it down, and move on, and move on with confidence, because I believe this impacts the way we um, the way we view ourselves. It also definitely impacts the way we view other yid. When you see another yid, Rahman Wuslan telling you about something, whether it's a, a lack of amuna or anything, we have to realize there's no such thing. Every single yid is a maimon, every single yid believes, because every single yid has an ashama. So every yid is a maimon, ben maimon, and that also changes the way we deal with other yid and realizing I don't really have to convince this person to believe, I just have to reveal that belief which he or she has, because by the ayid by definition is a maimin regardless of how much sitra akhra might be trying to uh, blur that and obfuscate that point. Chavez, everyone.